that um, way that we can uh, manipulate you with a, so obviously a pregnant woman coming up front and talking about <laughs> children and yanking on your t- heartstrings. So um, we'll continue to do those kinds of things to make you <laughs> figure it out. So if, uh, uh, yeah, we'll... Anyway, thank you. I don't mean to make light of that, but it was great. And she's a great, great person and great fan. Well, good morning and welcome. Thank you guys for being part of today. I'm Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. And if it is your first time here, welcome. Thank you um, um, for being part of today. Um, um, Pastor Len, he, he, he was the guy who did the announcements. Um, he, he and I have taken up new hobbies at the same time. Both, it was kind of funny that we both kind of started these hobbies together. And, 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 and he's taken up watercolor painting, actually. And, and actually, I, my hobby that I've taken up is tying fishing flies. So, so a little bit different. Both a little bit artistic. Don't laugh yet. Um, that's not what we're supposed to be doing here yet. And so we compare notes. I mean, we compare notes about how he's doing and how he's learning. And, and I compare notes about what I'm doing and I'm learning. And, and, and he's taken up his hobby because he's artistic and it relaxes him. I have taken up my hobby because I am cheap and tired of buying flies on my own. So that's uh, very different motivations going on here. Also very different. He's good at what he does, and I'm not. So, so there's that difference there. And, and, and what we want to do is I want to show you a sample of, of, of the work that he does. And I'm actually showing off the guy on staff. Go ahead. Let's see it. And that's what Len's done. This is only after a couple of months of, of learning watercoloring. Isn't that good? Isn't, isn't, isn't that really good? Yeah. Now, now, before I uh, unveil a sample of my um, incredible uh, craftsmanship, some of you may not know what actually a fly is supposed to look like when it's tied. There it is. In that, that's, believe it or not, that's feather and fur and actually thread right there. Golden mayfly spinner, hexagenia limbata. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that? Now, here's a work of my, um, here's what I have done right there. Go ahead, Melissa. There we go. So, <laughs> I've called that my windshield wiper bug. <laughs> the scientific name is peeled off of my Honda. So there you go. Now, a normal fly is about three bucks in the fly shop. I figured out with the cost of materials and paying myself minimum wage, that fly cost me 26 bucks. So I just want to let you know. How we're doing here on, on, on that. So, so much about for being cheap. And, and, I, and I brought that up not only to get a laugh out of us, but also because we're going to talk a bit about money today and giving and what that's all about. And everyone says, oh, great. You know, here we, here we go talking about money. But that's what we're going to be talking about. And so uh, because Jesus talks about it a lot and God wants us to have a really healthy understanding of it, what it is and what it's all about. Before we go any farther, let me just take a second and pray again. God, thank you now for these moments and this time. And I pray that... You just give me the right words to share in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Bible, there's a verse, and it deals with money and stuff and giving. And it says this. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Now, that's a classic verse. It's in the Bible written to a church like ours. And what it's kind of saying is, Here's kind of how you do your giving. You get income, and you take a portion of that, a a, a portion of what what that comes, and you set that aside. Now, you set it aside not just for an emergency fund. You set it aside so you can give. That's what the whole context, and that's what he's talking about. He's giving them instructions on what to do with their money to give to ministry. It's kind of simple. 
You get this much, you take a portion of that, and, and you set it aside to give. Now, we all know money's a, a, a touchy thing, particularly in, in church. Um, it's a big issue here, and we have this whole new wave thing that's coming, and we're actually going to be talking to you about a three-year commitment above and beyond what you give to help. And, and I love what, that, what, what the little boy said, you know, more room, more friends. You know, more room, more friends. Because really, we want more room, we want more friends of God and more friends for each other. But the question you're probably asking, and you should be asking it, is, well, how much should I give? You know, how much am I supposed to give to this thing? Not only how much should I be giving to this thing that's coming up, this new wave thing that's coming up, how much should I be giving each week or each month or whatever else to this place? How much, how much do I give? And usually we tell people who do announcements to say, you know, make sure you say it's not a big thing how much you give. It's not a big deal because we have first-time guests. And for a long, long time, and maybe even still today, the church had a reputation of only wanting your what? Only wanting your money. You know, church is all about money, you know. And you hear these, some of these guys that make billions and millions of dollars in ministry and all that. So we say kind of low-key if, if, if you would. Now, actually, money is a big deal, not to the church, you know, because it all belongs to God. But, but really, money's a big deal in our lives. Jesus said this, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, we know that's true. Whatever you invest in, that's where you're going to focus your time and your attention on. You know, that's kind of one of those pow verses for us. And if you're taking notes, the first thing you kind of want to say is, you want to write down is, money is weird and it makes me weird. It just simply is, okay? Money's weird, and it will make me weird. I've told you about the time that the church was part of an inheritance settlement, and it became a settlement because it became a huge issue. For some reason, they, the guy decided to put us in the, in the trust, and I watched all this transpire, and since we were part of the trust, you know, and some of the family members and this and that, I began to watch people get really weird about this kind of stuff. You know, how much they were going to get and they should have gotten more and why they didn't get this much and all that and why did the church get so much and all of a sudden I'm starting to think, well, we should get that much because we deserve that much, you know. And, and since I began to realize money makes us weird, I began to have to ask people, if money makes people weird, can you make sure that I'm not getting what? Weird about this kind of stuff because it just simply does. Jesus talks about the deceitfulness of riches and that's true. Money deceives. You think the more you got, the more secure you are or the more happy you're going to be. And so you get more and you wonder, why am I not secure and why am I not happy? It's because what Jesus said, money does what? It deceives. It just kind of fools us and it plays around with our heads. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then Jesus says you can't serve both God and money. You can't do it. You can't live for both. It doesn't work. There's going to be this, this crash. So money is this, you know, red line danger thing, and it, may, and it makes us really, really weird. That's the way it is. Now, one time Jesus was approached by a guy, and he wanted to be a follower of Jesus. He's saying kind of like, you know, how much dues do I have to pay, or what does it mean to become a follower of you? He wanted to walk around with Jesus and spend time with him. And so Jesus, it says, the Bible says this, Jesus said to him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Now, I look at that verse I don't know what it does. It bothers me. You know, that verse is a little, not annoying, a little upsetting to me, you know? And, 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 I, and I'll guess it where these statements where Jesus says all about giving it all away bother you too. You know, they, they leave us wondering, well, what, how does that help me? I'm trying to struggle with, the, you know, the whole three-year commitment for 
for new wave and how much do I give each week? And Jesus says, you, you give it all away. And, you know, thank you very much, Jesus, for the guilt trip. You know, I give, and you're probably feeling this because most people do. I give, but I'm wondering, do I give enough? Should I give more? But I mean, things are already tight at home. How much should, does God really expect me to give when things are so, so troubling at home? And, and I got a lot of questions about this, and I get them from people all the time. And they can be boiled down to one. How much should I actually be giving? You know, how much? Give me a number, you know, here. I mean, translate this down to the bottom line. What's realistic giving for my income? What should I budget for each week or what should I put on the check? You know, what should I put on that thing? Because it, the buckets are going to come by, and i got to put something down. As, as Don was talking about in two weeks, we're going to be having our one church, one time, one place, you know, thing here. And we're going to have chairs every which way and, and, and upside down, even on the roof and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to be asking everyone to ask God how much to invest in our three-year period above and beyond to make a new way for the church. Legitimate question is should be for you and your family, how much are we going to give to this? Now, now I'm going to talk about that, and, and, and I want to tell you that I'm a little scared to go here. You know, I've got a little nervousness about this, and I'm scared because I'm afraid some of you are going to completely misinterpret what we talk about here. You know, I'm afraid that you're going to walk away saying, I can't believe what Paul said. He told me to give way too much. can't imagine that. Or some people may walk away by saying, this is amazing. I really don't have to give anything at all, according to what Paul said. And I'm afraid some of you may be offended and never come back. I'm afraid that because we're going to go to areas that can seem as extreme in regards to our giving, some of you will walk away. Or some of you will say, well, I have freedom in this, and I'm going to give less, and I'm afraid the church is going to fall apart. I have that fear too. You know, of course it won't because it's God's deal, but you know, the, you kind of have all those kinds of things of thinking, what if, you know? And that's why sometimes we like to, in churches, turn up the heat on the giving thing to make sure that we are secure, you know, that the church is secure in this whole kind of thing. And what it does is it takes away from you the freedom to live and work in the way God's calling you and asking you and wanting you to live. And so really... Um, we have to understand God makes no sense unless we go here, unless we open up this door and crack into what, what, what this is about giving. So the real question is, how do I enter into my new wave of trust? Because that's what it's going to come down to. I shared this before. I um, read a book by Wesley Wilmer, and it's called God and Your Stuff. And it's interesting to me because what he talks about is kind of an evolution or a growth that most of us, many people go through in their giving, kind of the things that we go through as we learn to give. And, and it kind of talks about moving from this step to this step to this step and, and kind of going all, all around. And I modified these just a bit, but maybe you'll see yourself in one of these stages. Okay, I know I did. Okay, the first stage is this. The first stage, number one, is the thanks mom stage, okay? The thanks mom stage. Now, you'll have to remember back maybe when you were a kid, if you went to church and all of a sudden the offering plates or bags or buckets were passed and they came around and you didn't have any money on you, but your folks wanted to teach you how to give correctly. And so the mom reached into her purse and gave you a quarter or a dollar and you said to your mom, what? Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. And you put it in, you know, and that was good and you felt good because finally you something in the service you could finally understand and, and, and know what you're doing. I remember doing this as a kid. Mom would give us a dollar or a quarter, and we'd put it in. Next stage is this, is I got to put something in. That's the second stage. 
I go to church, and well, I'd feel bad if I didn't give something. And a movie that I would go to is about 12 bucks, and I suppose church is better than a movie. And I suppose Paul is better looking than Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and I'm feeling good, so I'll put in 20 bucks, you know? And some of you might be at that, at that point in time, you know? Feeling pretty good about this whole deal, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw in $20. Next, next, next one we move to is the God understands mode. And it's this. It goes this way. Well, I'm committed to this place, and I feel an obligation to help. And I know, and I've heard, that 10% is what I'm supposed to give. But right now, things are pretty tight, and I'll give what I can. But God, what? Understands my issues at home. And once things loosen up, I will give more. But what normally happens is things never loosen up at home. But that's okay because what? God understands. By the way, if you're living in the God understands mode, um, and most people are in America, this is where if you do in the bell curve, this is where the most Americans are, are living in that one. If you're living in the God understands mode, you're, you're giving, does anyone know what it is? Between 2 and 3%, okay? But God understands, you know, 2 and 3%, okay? That, that, that's just simply what it is. The next one kind of moves into the I'll tithe myself or I'll give of myself. And it goes something like this. Well, I know God says 10%, but God knows my situation is very different than anybody else's. And, and so I'm going to make it up to him. And I'll just have to say that right now my kid's education is my tithe. Okay? I'm sending my kids to maybe private school, and that's going to be my tithe because God knows how important it is to raise your kids. Or we'll say, I'll volunteer time for the high school band and for good causes, and my time will be my tithe, and therefore I, I, I don't give anything at all. Have you ever been there? You know, some of you may have been there, and you think, yeah, I, you know, I can kind of understand that. The next stage kind of goes to this, and, and this may be getting, now you're going to get serious about this one. And I call this one the first and ten, let's do it again. First and ten, let's do it again. Remember that? High school, you know, high school football and all that kind of stuff. God says tithe. Tithe means 10%, and I'm going to give God 10% out of my commitment to him. It's a stretch for me, and I'll do it. Now, some of you have done that, and, and you have talked to me about it, and you said, I freaked out when I realized that God is asking me for 10%, but I gave it. I stretched myself beyond means, and I've never imagined how God has blessed me because of that. And therefore, 10% is now my standard. I'm going I'm to keep giving. And God provides. Still deep inside, however, no matter where you are on that you know, evolutionary scale of, of giving, you're still rattled by Jesus saying this. You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And I think there's a big difference now, and, and this is what... I think I'd, I'd love us all to walk away with. There's a big difference between giving to God and living for God. A big difference. We're now, by the way, as Jesus talks to this man and would hopefully begin to speak into our hearts and lives, moving away from the category of giving into the whole encompassing thing called living in Christ. It's a life where all I have and all I am is exposed to God and is committed to what God is committed to, the world coming to Christ. That's why I am here. I know it sounds a little nuts and a little extreme, but God is not nuts, but God is extreme. He's extreme in how he wants us to live our lives and be like. 
There is in my life, and I know it because I'm scared of it, a difference between giving what I have to God and living with all I am to God. There's just a difference there. It's in a different category. Categorically different. It's living it out. It's where this whole thing that God is doing becomes my whole life. And this is why Paul would say this in Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, this is the now. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that means my purpose, my orientation is completely changed. And there's no line between what I give and what I keep for myself. See, I'm scared how you're going to say Paul told me not to give anything at all. But actually, what we're talking about is giving absolutely what? Everything. It's moving from the 10% is God's and the rest is mine to it's all God's. In fact, I'm God's. That's why I'm here. Not in some symbolic sense, but in a real sense in, in my purpose in life. And you're, you're saying, okay, but Paul, in about five minutes... The buckets are going to come, come by, and you still haven't answered the question, how much should I give? But how much should I give isn't the right question. The right question is a lot deeper than that. It's because of what Jesus did for me, how should I live? How should I live? It's now a life. And we've got to get a message to everybody on the coast, and that's what New Wave is about. And again, you practical ones are saying, in five minutes now, four minutes, the buckets are coming. What do I put in? I used to say 10%. Just start there. I say now 10% done. No more. And, and you'll say, well, 10% is secure. It's an easy-to-remember figure. I can calculate it, and that's it, and it's done. But that's the problem. It's too easy. It's too easy to calculate, and then it's too easy to say, that's the number, and now I'm what? I'm done. Because that's not the life that Jesus is calling us to live. I'm not a fan of the 10% because it's too easy. It's too simple. 10 and done. 10 and done. That, that's it. And, and I don't have to worry about anything anymore. It's too convenient. It's too static. It's just there. What if God's doing a work in your life that particular week and, well, I don't even have to think about it because I give my 10%. That, by the way, and I know some people are going to get bugged at me here for talking about it. That's why I'm not a huge fan on the e-giving thing, you know, where part of your, your check is already just taken out and deposited into the church. It just kind of goes there automatically. Kind of like your Social Security's already pulled out. You know, you don't even see it. Or maybe your retirement's pulled out and you don't even see it. You don't even see it, so therefore you don't what? You don't even think about it. You don't even have to think about it. And that's the problem. You don't think about it. And I'm not sure that's the way God wants our giving to be, where I don't have to think about it. It becomes, it becomes too automatic. It's automatically deducted. What I want to say is the relationship you have with God is a living one. It's a dynamic one. It's not an automatic deducted one. It's day by day, moment by moment, week by week. And if I give you a number, if I were to give you a number right now, I would deprive you of the adventure of living a life by faith in where you put your future at risk and your plans at risk because that's what giving is supposed to be. You get alone with God sometime today and you allow the Holy Spirit to dynamically interact with you and you feel His presence and you sense His call and understand your commitment. 
Maybe it's 20%. Maybe it's 90%. Maybe God telling you in that time to change your whole career and, and help start a church in Pescadero or in La Honda or start a business employing you so you can lead them to Christ. Do you understand? This is a dynamic living thing that we have with a dynamic living God. And throwing out percentage numbers doesn't help you draw closer to God. If anything, it starts creating paper walls that are there that just simply say, I, I don't have to then now think about it anymore. The dynamic of a life with Christ is so extreme. It's 100% of my life sold out to this thing. And it should overwhelm my heart. God has invested his entire stock in this enterprise called the church, this thing called the church. And I want to invest in that. And I'm going to ask the worship team, they're going to come up right now as we're just going to wind this thing down. Um, and, and we say again, well, how much should I give? Always the wrong question. The right question is really, how should I live? How should I be living my life? in this whole thing. And, and, and the worship team in a second, they're going to do a song and, 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 and we'll close down. I want us to be real excited about what, what God does, what he has done here. Notice the flower that's right there. Isn't that beautiful? Um, it's because somebody said this week to Jesus Christ, yes. That's an eternal life right there, for a forever life now. And that's because of you guys have created a place where there's grace and love and understanding. Also be real excited about where he's going to take you in commitment to him. And so I'm going to invite you now to just bow with me, please, for one last quick moment of worship. Worship means understanding the value and the greatness of God. He is great and has loved you greatly. He doesn't ask for 10% of you. He asks for all of you. So he's not asking for 10% of your money. He's asking for all of it. And what that looks like in your life is an exciting adventure of interaction between you and God. Of grasping onto faith and Him being the God of the supply and the continued resupply and your trust for Him. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you, you want it all. You want all of us and that's okay and that's good. I thank you for us as this a people seeking to learn from you and help us to grow in this area in a huge way, huge way. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for coming. A couple, like, really quick announcement things. Um, one is going to be, there is going to be a baptism out there in probably about five or six minutes out there. It's a really cool thing. Actually, I want to say it's a really cold thing because that tank has been sitting out there all night, and it's worse than the ocean. But those of you that get baptized will not feel it. Don't worry. It's a, it's a shock that you'll, uh, you'll, you'll remember all the time. But also, um, we're going to be having something here this evening, and I need help. We need help stacking chairs. And so the chairs need to be stacked in stacks of eight. And so um, by the time you finish stacking the chairs, we do a song, we're going to stack the chairs. Um, we'll be ready to do the baptism out there. So... Um, if you could help out, that would be a terrific thing for us to do. So would you stand with me right now? And we're going to finish with a final song. God bless you guys. Love you. Stack the chairs, and we'll see you out there in just a few minutes, okay?